0: One of the most powerful miracles in the entire Bible is found in the book of Ezra. Did you know that Ezra is a prophetic parallel of God's powerful people who walk by faith and not by sight? Today, I'm going to teach you one of the most powerful prophetic principles on taking back your territory. It is not God's will that the enemy should exact upon you and take what God has given you. Today is your day to fight. It is the time of a comeback after your crisis. And today we are going to see one of the most powerful principles of faith in the Word of God hidden in the book of Ezra. Hi, I'm Dr. Michelle Corral, and welcome to My Day of Destiny podcast. But before we go to today's teaching, I want to invite you to go to our website at mydayofdestiny.com. There, you will see all of our former... specifically every single one of them that have been designed with your destiny in mind. How to take back the territory. How to rebuild your dream. How to walk in the anointing. And you can also order my book, Secrets of the Anointing, that was featured on the Sid Roth uh, telecast, It's Supernatural. And I believe if you order this book, God will truly teach you how to walk in the supernatural, it is filled not only with missionary stories from my years of experience uh, in the mission field, but also, beloved saints, I want to show you how the Holy Spirit works. Having come from the great era of the charismatic renewal in the 1970s, seeing how the Holy Spirit moved through the lives of Catherine Coleman, and some of the greatest generals that walked in the last generation. So don't miss it. Order your copy today on MyDayOfDestiny.com for my book, Secrets of the Anointing. Now, beloved, let's go to today's teaching found in the book of Ezra. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not Seen That evidence is found in the word of God. And we know that we walk by faith and not by sight. But the question remains, how do we turn belief into wonder-working faith? One of the most dramatic displays of how faith works in our life is found in the book of Ezra, Why? Because the book of Ezra begins with the fulfillment of God's word spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. Let me read it to you. The Bible says in the first year of Cyrus, the king of Persia, that the word of the Lord might be fulfilled through the mouth of Of the prophet Jeremiah. Let me just tell you right now, dear people of God, that word fulfilled is the word kala in Hebrew, which not only means just to come to pass, but it means to be accomplished. It means to be finished. I want you to know that every single word in the Bible will be accomplished. Every single word, every single sentence, every single chapter in the book of the Word of God will be accomplished. God's word will never return unto him void. So therefore, I want you to understand that this book was written as a source, as a sign that all mankind might know that God is faithful, to fulfill his will. And I want you to know he's faithful to fulfill his word. As a matter of fact, Jeremiah the prophet prophesied in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 10, that after 70 years be accomplished in Babylon, I will come and visit you and perform my good word toward you causing you to return to this place. Do you realize, beloved saints, what this really took? It was a word that was going to bring them back because there absolutely positively was no sign of this happening in the natural. The Babylonians had conquered the city of Jerusalem. They had brought the entire inhabitants captive as exiles to Babylon. I want you to understand the entire city was burned. They did not listen to the word of the prophet Jeremiah. But you see, it doesn't matter if someone listens to God's word or not. It will still come to pass because God is faithful to fulfill his word. And the Bible tells us that that even the name of the king that would conquer the Babylonians, even the name of the king before he was born, 175 years before Cyrus was ever born. The prophet Isaiah also prophesied that Cyrus would be the one to break the bars of iron, to open the two leaved gates, to bring the treasures out of darkness. And those treasures were the vessels, the vessels, that were in the house of the gods of the Babylonians, that they would come out and be restored. And Jeremiah also prophesied that they would be restored in the time that God would visit them. So I want you to understand that the way the Babylonian exile, beloved saints, ended was through the fulfillment of God's word. And I want you to know that God has an expiration date on all of our trials, that it's not going to last forever. One of the most powerful supernatural secrets in God's word is that there is an expiration to your tribulation. It is not God's will for you to stay stuck in the storm. God has a time that captivity will end, whether it's that business under attack or whether it's those children under attack or whether it's just a time of not being able to hear God's voice. It will end. The Bible says when the Lord Turned to the captivity of Zion. We were like them that dream. God wants you to know that it is His will for you to get the dream back. It is His will for you to go up and take repossession of all the promises that He has given you. Now, beloved Saints, I want you to see that. When the Babylonians were conquered by the Persians, this was a, an absolute monumental miracle. Why? Because Cyrus was not a well accomplished emperor. As a matter of fact, it was in the first year of his reign that he conquered the Babylonians and that immediately Cyrus, uh, because of the writing that was written about him in the book of Jeremiah, though he was not a king that worshiped the God of Israel. He was so surprised that the God of Israel knew his name. This is why Jeremiah, this is why the prophet Isaiah says specifically in verse four of Isaiah 45, I, the Lord do call you by name, that everything that was written about him, he did. And so therefore, he released the captives out of the Babylonian exile. Now, I want you to understand that this release was nothing like the release out of Egypt. As a matter of fact, the children of Israel did not have a Moses that was going to lead them back with signs and wonders. The only thing they had was a word. And I want you to know that if you have a word, you have a way. That if God has given you a promise, he will be faithful to fulfill that promise, but there's just one thing that God needs on your part. He needs action. You see, dear dear people of God, the book of Ezra is all about taking action. What do you mean by that, Dr. Corral? That means that when God gives us a word, we have to take it and we have to go up and possess it. This means that the word of God in the power of its declaration must also be possessed by activation. Activation means I'm going to do what God has said in his word. I'm going to perform my part. I'm going to work together with God. This is why the Bible says in second Corinthians chapter six, verse one, we then workers together with him. So I want you to see that in this case of Ezra, There were waves of immigration going back to the Holy Land, but I want you to see what they were going back to. Beloved, they were going back to ashes. They were going back to a city with broken down walls. They were going back to a city with much resistance because the enemies had already occupied the territory that God had promised them. But we are going to see something. Beloved saints, I want you to know that the book of Ezra is all about persistence against the resistance. It's all about going forward in faith. And sometimes, beloved, we cannot go forward in faith because of discouragement. And I want you to see what happened here. If we actually look at the books of Nehemiah, and we look at the book of Ezra because originally they were one book. But when the Septuagint put these books together, it separated these books. I want you to see in Nehemiah chapter 2, looking at verse 10, when these settlers came back into the land, the Bible says, <clears throat> but when Sunbalit, the Horonite, And Tobiah, the servant, the Ammonite, heard of it, heard what? Heard that there was someone who came to rebuild the walls. The Bible says it grieved them exceedingly that there should be a man that should come to seek the welfare of Of the children of Israel. You see, once the enemy has stolen something from you, once he has taken part of your dream, once he has exacted upon you, this is why you need to guard the promises of God. This is why you cannot allow the enemy to take an inch out of your life, because if he takes an inch, he'll come back and think that he can take a mile. And if we've already been slightly deceived into surrendering our destiny to the enemy, then we can fall under the attack of deception. But God wants us to know that the books of Nehemiah and Ezra were not written so that we know it happened. They were written so that we would learn how to protect the promises and that we would learn how to take back the territory. And so, beloved saints, no matter what terror tactics of intimidation the enemy wants to use against you, we must push past the deception of anything the enemy wants to put on our plate to tell us it's not God's will for us to rebuild the ruins. Now, I want you to understand when the children of Israel arrived, this is before Ezra arrived in the Holy Land, but I want you to know in this first wave of immigration... The first wave of immigration back to the Holy Land included Shesh Bazar. It included Zerubbabel. And when they came, uh, the miraculous manifestation of God's hand was already present because they found themselves on Rosh Hashanah in the place of where the temple formerly stood. And on Rosh Hashanah for the first time in 70 years, they reconstructed the altar and offered sacrifices on it. But I want you to see as soon as that monumental breakthrough to take back the territory occurred, there was the enemy with a spirit of retaliation. And this is what happens. The moment we begin to progress in possessing the promises of God, the moment we begin to progress in taking back territory that the enemy has stolen out of our life, there will be beloved saints uh, a, a spirit that will try to come at your stuff, that will try to take what God is giving back to you. And this is where faith comes in. This is where faith for the impossible comes in, beloved saints, because you need to be convinced by God's word. It is not through what you feel. It is not through what circumstances look like. It is not through what the surrounding circumstances look like in your life. It's through what God's word said. And you see, God had already spoken his word that after 70 years, God was going to visit them. God already said through the prophet Jeremiah that he will build them again, again, as at the first. God, already said that he was going to bring them back from the captivity several times. As a matter of fact, in Jeremiah chapter 32 and verse and chapter 30, 32 and 33, the word is used seven times. I'm going to do good unto them. So we see this word good given seven times in Jeremiah chapter 7, excuse me, 32. And chapter 33. These are words that were put by the prophet Jeremiah deliberately seven times so that we would know that God is swearing an oath, that God is saying, I'm going to do good to you and I will visit you and I will bring you back into the land. God wants you to know that it is his will to bring you back into the place of promise. It is his will to rebuild your destiny. This is why the Bible tells us that I will do better to you than in your beginnings. Let's look just for a moment because Ezra and all of the, um, those that were going back to rebuild the city of Zion, those that were going back to rebuild the temple, those that were going back to rebuild Zion after 70 years of desolation had to stand on God's word to make it happen. You see, the enemy is a liar and he will set up circumstances, especially beloved saints to those those that have become addicted to disappointment. Those of you who have already taught yourself not to hope, those who have already taught yourself not to believe, because beloved, sometimes when one circumstance happens after another and you're just coming up for breath and you're saying, God, maybe this is finally it. And when the enemy tries to pull you back down and pull you down under another time, you come sometimes to the conclusion, I'm I can't hope because to hope will only make me disappointed. But the devil is a liar because the Bible says in Romans chapter five, verse five, hope maketh not ashamed. This means that God is saying that if you hope that it's not going to make you ashamed, that you will see the expected end that God has promised in his word for you. This is why the Bible says that Jeremiah prophesied and he saw in the vision a a vision of Rachel weeping for her children, a type and a shadow of Zion uh, going through the travail of all the losses that took place in the Babylonian exile, and all of her children that would be exiled to Babylon, and all of the all of the emptying out, and all of the desolation. But. God gave a word of consolation through Jeremiah. He said, refrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears for your work shall be rewarded. And the Bible tells us that your children shall come again from the land of the enemy. Now watch this in verse 17 of Jeremiah 31. And there is hope in your end. That means that God is saying he wants you to hope because the end is not going to be like it was. The end, God is going to perform a total turnaround. There is hope in your end. Your children shall return uh, to their own border. So I want you to see, beloved saints, that the scripture tells us here all throughout the prophet Jeremiah, and I want you to understand that Ezra and that all of the pilgrims that are going to return back to the land of promise, and particularly Daniel and all of those that were uh, at the same time as as Ezra, as Esther, and all of these. I want you to understand, dear people of God, those that were in the time of Shabbat Zion. Turn to Zion. We're standing on the words prophesied by the prophet Jeremiah, Isaiah, and also Zephaniah, and all of the minor prophets that prophesied God was going to rebuild them. Notice what the Bible says here in his word, looking at Jeremiah chapter 30, uh, looking at chapter 33, The Bible promises us uh, in Jeremiah chapter 33, God says, uh, verse seven, and I will cause the captivity of Judah and the captivity of Israel to return. And I will build them as at the first. And this is what God is saying. And God is saying this, not just to Jerusalem. I want you to understand you also through the Bible are likened unto the church is likened unto the city of Jerusalem. Why? Because the church, receives the promises of God through faith, and you have been destined for promise. You have not been destined for curse. God wants you to know that it's God's will to return to you what the enemy has stolen. And here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, and it shall be unto me a name and a joy and an honor before all the nations of the earth, which, hallelujah, when they shall hear all of the good that I shall do unto them and fear and tremble for all the goodness and for the prosperity that I procure unto it. Speaking of the city of Jerusalem. So now, beloved saints, that we understand that they have not only One word, not only two words, but continuous words of consolation in the midst of desolation given by the prophets before Jerusalem was ever destroyed, because God always provides a ruin, a a remedy, excuse me, a remedy before the ruin. And I want you to see now that they have just established the altar again in the book of Ezra. Everything is going like clockwork. Everything is going according to the predestined plan of God. Nothing could have been better. Yes, it was hard to migrate back to the land of promise. Yes, it was hard for the pilgrims to give up their lives because when the Persians took over, it was not the same as the Babylonians. The uh, people of God were already becoming established in their homes and becoming successful in business. And they were flourishing in the land of capital And so 42,000 out of of millions, 42,000 only returned in the first wave of immigration. But we are going to see, because this is what the book of Ezra records, but we are going to see after this monumental miracle of return and recovery, the spirit of retaliation comes in. Now, I want you to understand this is not written so we know it happened. This is not written so that you will become an expert in Hebrew history. This is written so that you will know how to fight. This is written so that you can stand your ground when the enemy tries to take your territory. When you are rebuilding your ruins, when you are reconstructing your dream, when God is giving you back what the enemy has stolen, just be prepared that there may be some disguised deception that the enemy is trying to, um, deceive you out of by looking so familiar, like the familiar pain of the past, like the familiar cycles, like the familiar things that you've been through to try to discourage you out of your destiny. But in the name of Jesus, as you read God's word, you're going to be like those pilgrims who fought and, and who who stood their ground and who believed God and were trusting God to press past all the opposition and obstacles, trying to prevent them from rebuilding the temple. Because rebuilding the temple meant that the Jews were placing their mark back into the land that God promised. Rebuilding the temple was a monumental miracle displayed to the entire world that nothing is impossible with God and that there are prophets in the land of Israel. And that when a prophet has spoken and given the word that God, when he has people that will comply with the timing of God and those that are willing, to be his instruments, to go forward in faith at the timing of God, that God will accomplish what he has promised through his prophets. And that's exactly what they were doing. The Bible says in chapter four, now, when the adversaries of Judah, hallelujah, and Benjamin heard that the children of captivity builded, began to rebuild the temple of the Lord Believe me, people of God, this whole fourth chapter is on the wrath of those who heard that the children of Israel that came back, the children of Judah and Benjamin, the children of the captivity, when they had come back to rebuild the temple of the Lord, the Bible says that in verse four, that the people of the land weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them in the building. I want you to know the devil is a liar. And I want you to know that unless we have a support system from God's word and know God's word, when it's time to take back the territory, this is why we need the prophet of God. And this is why we need the word of God because we are going to see how the prophetic word establishes us to be able to go forward into, by faith, into our destiny. And I want you to see what's happening. They troubled them in the building, and they also sent counselors. They hired counselors to prophesy against them. They hired uh, counselors to frustrate their purpose, the Bible says. And the scripture goes on into documented detail as to these false accusations and ungodly agreements that came against the rebuilders as they so courageously forged ahead by faith to give up everything that they had to go back to rebuild the ruins of Zion. And now when they come, they are forced with opposition. So how are they going to rebuild that temple? How are they going to take back that territory? They've already activated the word of Jeremiah, but now they, are faced with opposition, but I want you to know, beloved saints, this is where the anointing comes in. And this is where the power of God's prophetic word comes into the rebuilders of ruins. I want you to see the Bible says in Ezra chapter four, verse 23 and verse 24, the Bible says in the last line, it says that they made them cease with force and with power. Now watch this word Cease is used once in verse 23. Now, watch it again, verse 24. So they ceased the work of God at the, the work of the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. And so it ceased unto the second year of Darius, king of Persia. Now, saints, I want you to see this. This is not an accident. Notice that the scripture is repeating this word ceased three times in two verses. The question is why is the Bible being redundant? First of of all I want you to understand that there is nothing redundant in the Bible. I want you to know that the author of scripture here, who is Ezra, uh, he has written this book and he is emphasizing the word ceased three times. Why is he emphasizing the word ceased three times? Because it is part of the prophetic agenda that is being written in this word so that all of history might know and all of posterity ahead who reads the book of Ezra will know that the enemy is going to do everything in his power to cause you to cease rebuilding your dream. And here's how you can overcome the the obstacles that are trying to stop you from taking back your business, the obstacles that are trying to stop you from taking back the territory. The devil is a liar. The, the, The obstacles that are trying to prevent you from God's highest purpose, plan, and destiny in your life. Notice what the Bible says. It ceased until the second year of Darius, king of Persia. I want you to see this word ceased because this word ceased is an Aramaic word that is used. It is the word batal, which literally means several things besides stop. And I believe that these uh, interpretations of the word will help you understand what the enemy would try to do to rob you from taking back the territory. It is God's will that you rebuild your church. It is God's will that you rebuild your business. It is God's will that your family come back Back together. It is God's will that God give you greater than before and that you take it back. But you and I need to learn how to become armed and dangerous against the enemy. God wants you to put the enemy on the run, not the enemy to put you on the run. And that cannot be done without the word of God, because why? The word produces faith and faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Here we see, beloved saints, the Bible says the work of God ceased. We see it three times. This word batal in the Aramaic language is a word that also means to delay or to hesitate. So the word that is being used here is that it was put on hold. The The word is, Is that it ceased, but it doesn't mean it stopped. You see, some of us interpret delay to mean defunct, it means it does not mean that God is finished. Oftentimes, beloved saints, sometimes whether we realize it or not, we have two ways to respond to delay. We have two ways to to respond to it. This word ceased doesn't mean permanently stopped. This word ceased means that it was delayed. It was was temporarily postponed. But I want you to know that God's promises don't need to be postponed. God is going to show you how to get the padlock off of God's promises in your life, how that you can reestablish those promises that God has given you. And this book was written to show us how. So here we see this word ceased repeated three times because when we're studying biblical hermeneutics, the, the, when we see a word repeated repetition means something special. And we see that this word doesn't mean stopped because obviously it was picked up again in the time of Darius, the king of Persia in the second year of his reign. So we know that it does mean hesitate or it does mean delayed. But I want you to know there's two ways that you can respond to hesitation. You can either respond to obstacles. You can either respond to blocks in the road. You can either respond to um, delays. You can respond to them two ways. You can either respond with hesitation. Oh, that must not be God's will. Or that's probably that I was out of God's will trying to rebuild it with hesitation, or you can respond with determination. And guess what? They responded with hesitation, but Haggai the prophet is going to come in the second year of Darius the king. And I want you to understand that really, it should not have been hesitation. It should have been determination. Because when the enemy puts an obstacle in front of us, we have to be like Joshua, the man of God. Joshua said that they are bread for us. We can surely go up. If God be for us, then surely we can go up and take the territory. And the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8, if God be for us, who can be against us? God wants you to know, dear child of God, that he is definitely for you. Now, beloved saints, I want you to see that it ceased until the second year of Darius, king of Persia. Then chapter five, verse one says, then the prophets, Haggai, the prophet, and Zechariah, the son of Edu, prophesied unto the Jews that were at Jerusalem and Judah in the name of the God of Israel. Now, I want you to see something. Why is the Bible telling us who these prophets were? And do we actually get any insight from the scripture, what they were prophesying? And the answer to that is absolutely yes. The entire book of Zechariah tells us his prophecy. However, in the book of Haggai, we read that in the second year of Darius, the king, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai in the six months saying, This people say that the time for the house of the Lord should not be built. And you see, they interpreted the time based on convenience and inconvenience. They interpreted the timing of God's fulfillment of his word based on everything going smoothly. But I have a word for you. Sometimes things are birthed out, not through being smooth. Sometimes things are birthed out through travail. Things are birthed out through difficulty. I want you to understand that there is difficulty sometimes in birthing out destiny, but God wants you to know that if you are faithful to hold on to his word and to fulfill, and to allow his prophetic word to give you the strength, this is why beloved saints, we need the word of God and we need it personal, powerful, prophetic, and relevant in our life because it is the word of God that is going to give you the strength to rebuild your ruins because you need to know that it is God's will or the enemy will try to make deceive you out of your destiny. And you will respond with hesitation rather than responding with determination. You got to roll up your sleeves and say, I'm back. And nothing's going to stop me from taking back the territory that God has given me. If God has given me a word, he is not a man that he can lie. So Lord God, if plan A failed, God show me plan B. I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes God wants us to get a plan together. The plan may not be the most, the most excellent plan. The plan may just be a few Loaves and a few fishes. The plan may not be something extravagant like the plans of Bethsalil. The plans that you have may just be little plans and you're just putting together the pieces of the puzzle. But when God sees that you've got a plan, I want you to know that God is going to bless that plan because we serve a God of plans. You see, the Bible tells us in uh, Mark chapter two, when they brought the paralytic, the place was blocked they could not get him to Jesus. But you see, they put together a plan and the plan was a little bit difficult. The plan was going to involve some elbow grease. It was going to involve a little bit of pulling, a little bit of sweat, a little bit of work that they weren't planning on. But their plan was really from God. The Bible says that when they couldn't get to Jesus, they pulled him up on the roof. Now, I want you to understand that took a lot of toil. And sometimes times the plan might take you out of the road of convenience to do the will of God. But I want you to know if you're willing to be a Hudson Taylor, if you're willing to be a Corey Tinboom, if you're willing to be like those of old, like a, a, a William Joseph Seymour, if you're willing to say, God, I don't care. If you're willing to be a Kenneth Hagin, and and pioneer your way into the place that God has ordained you to go. If you're willing to be a Catherine Coleman, if you're willing to be an Amy Semple McPherson, God will do it. And here we see, beloved saints, that they pulled this paralytic up on the roof. And the Bible says they untiled the roof and they let the paralytic down in front of Jesus. And the Bible says in Mark chapter two, verse five, when Jesus saw their faith. Why? Because faith is something you do. Faith requires action. And this is why James said, faith without works is dead being alone. So you see, beloved saints, The prophet Haggai had to inspire them to go up to the mountain and bring wood and not listen to the words of discouragement, not look at what the enemy was presenting in front of them by way of accusation, by way of force and power, to not look at the enemy, what he was trying to do, but to go up to the mountain, bring wood. And I will take pleasure in it, says the Lord. And the Bible says that the people did according to the word of the prophet Haggai. And do you know that the Bible tells us in not only Haggai chapter one, but the Bible tells us in. In Ezra chapter 6... Verse 14, and the elders of the Jews builded and they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Edu. And they builded, this is the word rebuilded, and they rebuild it and finished it according to the commandment of the God of Israel. Beloved, I pray today that God's anointing and miraculous mantle of faith to rebuild your ruins would come upon you this very moment. Amen and amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you. And I pray right now for every person who has lost faith and lost hope. Every person, Father, who says this obstacle is so great. I don't know how it's going to move. But I thank you, Lord, that the prophet Zechariah said, who are you? O great mountain. You shall be removed. The prophet Zechariah said, speak, speak to the mountain. Speak grace unto it. Who are you? O mountain. You shall become a plain before zero. Zerubbabel. And God, I give you praise that right now the mountains are being removed, but we got to speak to the mountain. Jesus said, if you say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea and shall not doubt in your heart, but shall believe the things that you say, you shall have the things that you say. And so today, According to the word of God, we command the mountain to move in the name of Jesus, whatever mountain it is that's stopping my beloved brothers and sisters from rebuilding their dream. Oh God, if it's gossip, if it's a spirit of betrayal, if it's a broken heart, I command in the name of Jesus that every person who's ruins are shattered, who live in the ashes of what once was. I command them to get the strength right now. Jesus, you are the one who gives us the oil of joy for the spirit of heaviness. You give us beauty for ashes. I give you praise right now that Lord, you are the binder up of the broken hearts. Lord, restore your people, rebuild their ruins, give them strength. God, I give you praise that you are giving them a garment of praise for the Spirit of heaviness. Right now, the Lord is doing the impossible in your life. Go for your dream, beloved. Go for the impossible. Reach higher. Don't reach lower. Reach higher. Don't reach at the status quo. Go above the status quo. You serve a God of the impossible. Don't settle for less. Don't be like those who settled for the easy, convenient way and be like those 10 spies who came back among the 12 spies and gave an evil report. No, go forward, reach higher, go to the highest dimension of destiny that God has ordained for you. Hold on to his word and work together with God's power. Let him put something in your hand that you are able to build it with, even if it's a little tool, even if it's a little 25 cents, even if it's just a little piece of a board, no matter what it is, go forward and rebuild that dream and watch God work in Jesus name. Amen. And amen now, beloved, if you are, uh, have been listening, I want you to go to our website, uh, mydayofdestiny.com. Please subscribe to become one of our faithful subscribers. You can download any of our messages. And also we want to, you to know that, uh, my latest book, Secrets of the Anointing is on that website. Hallelujah. And you can order it. We invite you to do so. We also, dear St of God, invite you to be a partner with us, with our worldwide Hesed International, feeding children, helping refugees, doing the works of God, helping the abandoned, elderly, uh, works in orphanages, and with the persecuted church, beloved saints. We invite you to do this, and you can do this by going to our website. Not only my day of destiny website, but you can go to our ministry website at breathofthespirit.org. Or you can also uh, text to give through HESED. That is HESED, C H E S E D, and text it to 77977. That's HESED, C H E S E D, to 77977. Thank you for joining us today on this podcast. I'm Dr. Michelle Corral, and we'll see you very soon.